What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to the solo episode of this month of FML Talk. We are covering all of the things. We're talking about my baby moon. We're talking about my baby shower. We're talking about some shit that has been unearthed during this pregnancy. And you know, I'm very swollen and very pregnant. So this is about to be another unhinged fucking solo episode. So sit back, grab a fucking cocktail because I can't fucking drink one. And welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. Let it be known that I no longer give a shit on these solo episodes, and it makes my heart happy. Like, I get to come on here and just fucking shoot the shit with you guys, and it warms my heart. So today, let me set the scene for you. It is... 10:27 a.m. I woke up at about 9:55 a.m. after tossing and turning and having wild pregnancy dreams. My face is pretty fucking swollen. I have two gnarly blisters on my lip. My feet feel like they couldn't fit into any of my shoes and my hands feel like an 85-year-old arthritic woman's. How are y'all doing today? <laughs> All things considered, you guys, I have been pretty fucking great throughout this pregnancy. This past week has been the first week that I've started like seeing changes, feeling differences and like things are getting shit's getting harder this past week. The day of my baby shower, June gloom went away and I was like, oh, it's hot. It's in LA. Okay, here we go. I can feel the thighs chafing and we're fucking pregnant in the summer. Cool. Since then, I have noticed like the swelling. My hands are really sore, usually worse in the mornings. My face is now fat and swollen, which is creating a whole other mental wormhole that we're diving down. <laughs> but all things considered with horror stories I hear from other pregnant women, I consider myself really lucky and feel like I have had overall a pretty great pregnancy. Not to say I am not going through it a little bit this week, feeling a little uncomfortable. I'm like, it do, does this mean we're going to be like this for the next two months or or is this just like a moment in time? We shall see. We're going to talk about a lot of things today. We're going to talk about my baby moon that we took. We're going to talk about my baby shower and some of the body image things that have come up during this pregnancy. And then towards the end, I will get to a few of your questions. I just figured like because I'm going to schedule out a few of the solo episodes, once this little man makes his arrival, I would do these couple last month's, this month's, next month's solo episode, a little less question-based and a little more like update you on my fucking life based because eventually, you know, I'm going to take some time off and the solo episodes will be scheduled ahead of time and won't be as like updating for a few months while I'm recovering and nesting and doing all the fucking things. So let's dive in, shall we? Tay and I took a baby moon. We felt very, very grateful that we were able to swing this because obviously this has been a big year. We moved into a brand new house that we have been so incredibly happy in, but 
our mortgage payment definitely jumped up more than a few notches. So that plus a wedding and prepping for a baby, we were like, there's no fucking way we're going to be able to take a baby moon. And after we looked at what we were gifted for the wedding and saw what we had like left to work with, we were like, oh, maybe we can finagle it. And then shout out to Alyssa, one of my longtime FMLers, got us a friends and family discount. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I hope I'm allowed to say this. Got us a friends and family discount at the Hyatt in not only Maui, but in Kauai as well. We are longtime people that return to the Maui Hyatt, but we have never been to Kauai. So we were like, wouldn't it be cool if we could do a few nights in Maui, a few nights in Kauai. So we were able to swing it because of her discount and because of the the gifts we had left over from the wedding. And I'm so, so glad we did. It ended up being such a special trip for us and time for us. It was really magical. So a little bit of background of my history with the Hyatt Regency in Maui. My parents ended up there on their honeymoon my my mom and my dad, they originally like went to Maui, rented a house. My dad walked in and was like, this place is a dump. We're not staying here. Left and they stumbled upon the Hyatt. The rest is kind of history. I have spent many summers growing up there. It's my mom's favorite place on the planet. You could literally be like, D, I will pay for you to go anywhere in the world on the most magical vacation you could possibly think of. And she would be like, I want to go to the Hyatt Regency in Maui. <laughs> like, fuck Bora Bora. Fuck Europe. Like, that's the only place she wants to be. Creature of habit, D. Wallace's. And so I've had a lot of really great memories there. We brought my dad's ashes there and they did a whole ceremony when he passed that was really beautiful that I, we will never forget. And the women that work on the Regency floor, which is kind of like the the little area you can go to for like drinks and snacks and free breakfast that I think is uh, you have to pay, I think, like, again, I'm probably getting a lot of people in trouble right now. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you have to pay, like, I think it's like 125 a person a day to, like, be a part of that. They have watched me grow up. They used to, like, throw me birthday parties when I was little there. So for me to go back being pregnant now with this amazing person, we went and found them and just to say hi. And they were all so welcoming. There's like five or six of them that work there. And they brought us in like we were family, gave us free breakfast every day. They were like making gifts for the baby. Like it was very, very sweet. And we felt so welcomed and so at home. This place also had some not so fond memories. I got engaged not on property, but I was staying at the Hyatt Regency when I got engaged to Daniel the first time. So this was like, you know, going back and redefining those like shitty memories, which was really great. Like to I feel like so many times people are like, oh, I can't go there because my ex and I went there. Oh, I can't go there because this happened there. And it's like, fuck that. When something like that happens in your life, find that place and make it a point to go back there and reclaim that. I know a, a couple of years ago when Tay and I took a trip to Maui, I took a copy of Eat, Pray, FML. We hiked to the waterfall I got proposed to and I took an epic photo of me flicking the camera off <laughs> per usual, holding the book. And it was like this big full circle moment. Like go and do those things. Don't allow people or memories or tainted shit that has happened in your life to take those places from you or to take those moments from you like you can go reclaim those you own all of that we did a lot of really fun stuff mostly relaxing 
mostly like lounging and, you know, floating in, in different bodies of water. But it was just really a wonderful time when we went to Kauai, which was we had both been there when we were babies but this was like our first trip there as adults and Junie flew out and stayed with us for two nights at the Hyatt in Kauai and it was just like so much fun so rad we got to drive all the way around the island it was just a perfect last kind of last hurrah before this little baby arrives not to say that I won't be one of those people that are traveling all around once he's here. I hope to be, but we shall see. But it was it was really wonderful to have that last kind of big special time together. One of the things I noticed most about this trip specifically, we went to Maui for five nights and Kauai for four nights. And usually when I'm on a trip, I don't know if y'all can relate. I'm like already planning the next trip. I'm like, fuck, we have to go home in two days. Like, where are we going next? Quick, quick, book a plane ticket. So I have something to look forward to. This was one of the first trips where I can like really vividly recognize that I was excited to go home. Not because I wasn't having a great time. Like, of course, I could have stayed extra days and it would have been wonderful. But I was like, ooh, I miss my home that we've like nested in. I miss my home that we've created together. Like, I'm ready to go be in that space and be with my dogs and be with my husband and like continue working on the nursery. Like, I was ready to go home. And that was a really nice feeling for someone who has quite often in the past been like running and chasing that like feeling of where are we going next? How can I leave California? How can I leave LA? This past two years have like seen the tides turn from me being like, fuck LA, it sucks. I hate everything <laughs> to um, it really feeling like a special place that I'm thankful to call home, which has been really, really nice. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. But it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows on the trip. No, it really was. But there was one thing specifically that happened that I want to talk to you guys about. And it involves my mother. Was she on the trip with you, Gabrielle? No, no, she was not. But here's what happened. And it's 
I'm sure her and I, because she's doing this season of the minis with us called Wine with Wallace. If you guys aren't subscribed to the Patreon to get the minis, like it's gold. Anytime D Wallace appears, it's gold. But like these minis are fucking awesome. Besides the fact that it's my mom and I, so like they're fun and ridiculous, but like the healing and the the shit she's dropping on those minis, it's just unmatched. It's so good. So if you want to start binging those, um, it's on season like eight. We've done a bunch of mini seasons and they're all really fantastic, but you can go to patreon.com slash talk. You also get access to my close friend stories where I'm taking you behind the scenes on like a big venture that's happening right now. That's kind of like top secret and uh, a bunch more personal baby stuff and all the things. You also get a blog post every week from yours truly. Okay, moving on. So I got a photo sent to me. This is when we were on Kauai. It was I was with Tay and Junie. We were driving around the island and I got a photo from my mom. She was doing a convention where she like goes and like signs autographs and meets a bunch of people. And she was standing at a table with like the biggest fucking snake you have ever seen. Like this was not just like, oh, it's a large snake. It was like that can eat you. And I don't know if I have told you guys but Tay, my wonderful, masculine, strong, amazing husband who's six foot three and like big and buff is deathly afraid of snakes. Like it doesn't matter if they're on the TV. It doesn't matter if there's a photo of them. It doesn't matter if it's a large snake or a small snake. He fucking hates snakes. Like I know that he would protect me from absolutely anything, but if we are ever in a location where there is a snake, I better fucking run faster than him. <laughs> like it's on that level. And I this came from a, a gar a tiny little harmless garter snake crawling up his pants when he was a little boy and it just stuck and never left and here we are. So, he absolutely hates snakes. So, my mom texts me this photo and then I write back Tay just died. That was the sentence. Because obviously, him looking at the photo, he would have just absolutely died. I realize now I didn't put like an LOL or anything like that. She had sent the photo, put her phone down, continued going on about like meeting people and like being social at the convention. And like 10 or 15 minutes later, picked the phone back up and saw the text message that just said, Tay just died. Tay gets a phone call from my mom and we're now ordering sandwiches at this like little place off the side of the road. And he hands me the phone because he's ordering. I pick up and I'm like, hi, mom. And I hear her like hyperventilating on the other end. Like she can't even talk. And I'm like, what? Instantly, like my heart drops out of my ass. And I'm like, what the fuck is what? What's wrong? And my first thought is she got bit by the snake. The snake turned around and bit her in the fucking neck. And now like she's waiting for the ambulance and like she's got like that's where my brain fucking spiraled to. And she starts hyperventilating. She's like, I just I just got the 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 text message that. And OK, so basically she picked her phone up. She saw the text. Tay just died, dropped to her knees like went to the floor. Everyone around her came over and was like, oh my God, what's wrong? She went into like shock and started crying because she legitimately thought Tay died. 
So there's two sides to this coin. There's the humorous side that like is like, Deanna, why would I ever just text you a sentence saying Tay just died if that's like if he actually died, I would have called you and like I would have been fucking like up in arms hysterical. The flip side of it, which I resonate with so deeply, is the trauma brain side, because if you have ever lost anyone, tragically, that's exactly where your brain is going to go, especially like. My poor mom, man, like you guys know that I obviously lost my dad, my high school sweetheart. She has like if I've been to trauma town and got the T-shirt, she's the fucking mayor of it. And she's passing that shit out. (laughs) It's, you know, her dad committed suicide when she was 16 in high school. She obviously lost her husband, my dad, pretty traumatically. We just did a whole episode on the minis where she kind of talks about her whole perspective of that day because I did a a main podcast episode where I talk about my perspective and I brought my nanny on a couple seasons back. I'm sure you guys remember that. We did a whole episode on the minis where she talks about like her POV of that whole day, which was obviously heartbreaking and traumatic for her. She lost her little brother, my uncle, again, to suicide, which I wrote about in The Ridiculous Misadventures. It's just been a long list of traumatic deaths in that she's had to deal with in her life. So when she saw that text, it was like her her body took over before her brain could like rationalize it. And obviously, I talked to her on the phone. I was like, no, mom, Tay's fine. I was talking about the picture. that, And she's like, yeah, I know. I know. I realized that like five minutes after I was freaking out, but like it was too late and I was already spiraling. (laughs) So we like talked through it, of course. But what was so sweet about it to me was like how much she like absolutely loves Tay to the point where it affected her (laughs) to that level. A. B. Also, like, God forbid she ever has to see her daughter go through something traumatic like that again. But what it did for me And I don't know if this was the pregnancy or like what's going on, but like the next like two to three days, I was like really having to fight off some intrusive thoughts and really like it just triggered me in a way of like going back into that fear of losing Tay, which is like up there with like the worst shit that could possibly happen to me in my life. And when you have those intrusive thoughts, you have to A recognize the fact and call them out that they're intrusive. When I did some work with my therapist in my first trimester when I was having all these intrusive thoughts, she's like, I want you to imagine that they're like on the back of a plane that's kind of like flying by and you recognize the fact that they are just like moving across your vision in your mind's eye and that they're leaving because they are fleeting and they are not actually real. And you look at them and you go, oh, that's an intrusive thought. And you let it continue on until it's out of your sight. So really focusing on stuff like that, because I started getting triggered and plugged in around that. And some of those started coming up. So I was really focused on doing that, A. And B, I had to remind myself, and this is really fucked up and tough, I had to consciously be like, okay, and if the worst case scenario happens, Gabrielle, you'll be fine and you will get through it, which like is so tough to have to even do. But you have to remind yourself of that. And then you have to let it go. It almost seems impossible. I know when you're talking about those like gnarly fears and really intrusive thoughts, you have to call them out 
and be like, yo, bitch, you're intrusive. You're not real. There's no evidence based around this. A. B. Even if it did happen, I'm going to get through it and it's all going to be okay. I'm going to make it through to the other end, no matter how hard it might be. And C. I'm not going to allow my attention to go there anymore. Easier said than done. Possibly. But those are the steps that I would suggest that you take if you are in a situation or scenario like I was with that. But it was a very interesting example of a fucking trauma response, like to a T for me. The other thing I want to talk about is redefining trauma. So I'm going to use an example from my own life, shocker, that I think lays this out really well. So in mine and Tay's past, we have had a pattern where we go on these trips and they're amazing and they're epic and they're fantastic. But we have one night where we'll get into a fight for whatever reason. In the past, it's usually been because we're both drinking alcohol and it ends up being like something stupid and frivolous and blah, 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 blah. This specifically happened when we went to Italy. I talked about it again on the minis because all my real trash ends up on the minis when I don't want to talk about it publicly. But this happened when we went to Italy, when we got engaged. And it was early on in the trip. We had both been like, you know, drinking throughout the day. And we got into a heavy conversation of a heavy topic. I brought up something that really it was not my fault but really triggered him and like made him spiral internally and he got kind of like defensive and it spawned into a fight for that night and that was the one fight and then everything was like perfect and magical once we figured it out and made up but I went in leading up to this trip knowing that we had had a history of getting into like one fight on each trip and I remember consistently leading up to this trip being like, please just promise me we're not going to fight. Please promise me we're not going to have one of those like one one off random stupid fights. Please just like, please make that the one promise that you make me. Da, 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 da. I was so fucking focused on, oh, my God, I hope we don't have that one fight. Please, like, don't have that one fight with me. Promise me that you're not going to like allow that to happen. I was so focused on it. Whether or not it was it was his fault or not when the actual fight happened, who the fuck do you think created that? I'll wait. <laughs> As I raise my hand, who the fuck do you think created that? Because I was so fucking focused on it. I manifested that shit, y'all. Because I was so incredibly hyper-focused on it. Do you think if I would have been like, oh, my God, I can't wait for this amazing trip. Like, nothing's going to go wrong. It's going to be fantastic. Like, we're going to have the best time. Da, 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 da. Like, do you think that still would have happened? I was so focused and so worried about this one particular thing that I created that. So when trauma happens to us, whether it's a death or an element of a toxic relationship that we are carrying with us to a new relationship, like whatever the trauma might be, if you are continuing to focus on it and you are so hyper aware of like protecting yourself from it, 
your brain is subconsciously creating scenarios for you to experience that. Everybody take a breath. So one more time. If you are hyper-focused on something, whether it's protecting yourself from it or like worrying about it or thinking about it, if you are hyper-focused on something, your brain is working on subconsciously creating that to prove you right. So if you have a trauma past that you are trying to redefine, the best thing you can do for yourself is to not continue to focus on it. Do not continue to walk on eggshells and be like waiting for the other fucking shoe to drop. Do not continue to put your attention on it. Focus on what you want. This is as simple as tricking your brain. Even if you don't believe it at first, your brain can't tell the fucking difference. So anytime for, you know, sticking with this example, if I was going to say, oh, God, just I hope we don't get into a fight on this trip, I would stop and say, this trip is going to be amazing and everything's going to be smooth and perfect. Okay. If you're in a relationship and you're freaked out that, you know, you're going to get cheated on again because that was the traumatic experience that happened to you in your previous relationship. And every time you look at your partner, you're like, okay, but like, I think he's cheating on me. Stop. Fix your brain. He's taking the best care of me and I am totally protected and okay. Stop focusing on what you don't want. Start focusing on what you do want. Take one fucking day and track your thoughts and see how many times you either speak out loud to someone or say to yourself in your head a negative thought pattern. Track it. By the end of a 24-hour period, look down and you'll be like, holy fucking shit. How many times did I say I don't have enough money? How many times did I say I'm so fucking tired? How many times did I say something negative that I don't really actually want to be creating in my life? Start focusing on what you want. That will help you create and manifest the positive outcome of those things. Let's shift gears now to uh, this baby shower that I had. <laughs> if you were on my close friends on the Patreon subscription, you saw what actually went down at my baby shower. You all will not get to see what actually went down, but I will tell you. <laughs> so I knew that I didn't want like a traditional, not that there's anything wrong with this, a traditional baby shower. I didn't want to sit there and like play games of like which emoji means, you know, diaper change. And like, I just wanted people to have fun. We had like 35 people and I just wanted everybody to have a good fucking time. So we had mimosas, we had wine, we had really great food. And I was like, mom, I don't want, you know, I don't want to play games. I don't want it to be like, I just want people to have fun. And D. Wallace said, okay, no problem, Gabrielle, hold my beer. <laughs> so she took it upon herself to hire a stripper. <laughs> I mean, let's just call it what it is. Who showed up in a unicorn onesie, for obvious reasons, and to the tunes of Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back, uh, stripped down to an adult diaper while sucking on a pacifier. 
And when I tell you, like the mix of women that were at my shower were like probably like 15 of my friends that are my age and probably like 15 or so of my mom's age, watching the older women just fucking die and like stick one dollar bills in this guy's fucking diaper like my not to put people on blast my dance teacher was there from who taught me from like age two to like whenever I graduated and then I went back and taught as one of her teachers like this woman like raised me at the dance studio like seeing her go up and like smack his ass and like go off was like the highlight of my entire life obviously there were two kids there Junie was there and her friend they were picked up for this section of the shower don't fucking come for me (laughs) Tay came and picked them up they went and like bought flowers and cards for my mom and I it was very sweet that's when all the adult festivities took place and then they returned after he had left the premise it was all done kosher but it was just absolutely hysterical like I will never forget watching my mother who god love her sorry for saying this mom but you can google it is turning 75 this year she looks fucking great (laughs) sitting and getting a lap dance from a man in an adult diaper it was probably the highlight of my life (laughs) Um, the pure comedy and humor of it and this guy was such a fucking good sport the videos I have will be cherished forever. I looked at my mom and was, and she was like, don't you fucking post this? And I was like, well, mom, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if this, I mean, if there's anything that's going to go viral on TikTok, it's D Wallace getting a lap dance by someone in an adult diaper. Just saying. <laughs> but apart from that, I felt so much love and support from my friends and my family and just showered with so much love. We did play one game where everybody circled like whether they thought it was me or Tay and like it was just random questions of like who's going to change diapers more, who wants more kids, da 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 and like Tay and I didn't talk about the answers before so we like argued halfway through to about like what the actual correct answers were and it was a lot of fun and it was just very us. It was very us and very fun. And it was a wonderful experience to have all the the women that I love in one place to be able to welcome this uh, crazy little bundle of joy that we have on the way. On that note, let's talk about some body image issues. <laughs> I was nervous getting pregnant because I obviously you guys know I come from an eating disorder past body image issues and was like oh is this gonna just like trigger everything and make shit flare up and am I gonna just be miserable this entire time happy to report that up until this week I've been doing pretty good. I've been embracing the belly. I actually quite like that when I eat food I can like push my stomach out and not feel like I have to suck it back in for photos and stuff. I proudly rocked some bikinis. I feel more comfortable in like tighter outfits that hug my bump. Like I felt pretty good thus far. It hasn't been until this week where I looked in the mirror and my face got puffy that I was like, oh, trigger. (laughs) And it's been a challenge for me this week to look past that. And look, people can say all they want, like, your body's doing amazing things. You're creating a fucking human. Like, 
you know, you're doing like the biggest gift on earth. Yes, all of those things are true. I'm fucking aware of that. Thank you. That doesn't change the fact that when you look in the mirror, you're like, who the fuck is that? Where did my face go? I don't feel comfortable anymore. And I want you to know if you're listening to this and you have been pregnant or will be pregnant or are pregnant, you're valid for any and all of the above. And I am with you. And that's okay. You can feel grateful and amazed at yourself and like, like your fucking Wonder Woman and be so thankful for this experience while also being like, cool, but like, I'm a little uncomfortable and like, this doesn't bring up great emotions in me. All of those are absolutely okay and absolutely fine. Period. That's it. Period. End of discussion. (laughs) And I think it's really important to be compassionate with yourself when those things are happening. Know that it's okay to feel like that. Know that it's a blip on the ring. And this is with anything. This is not just with like body image, like if you're pregnant. This like spans across like anything that you might be dealing with. Be compassionate to yourself. Know that it's a blip on the radar. It's a moment in time. You're about to be on the other side of it and it's going to be fine. A year from now, months from now, you're going to look back on this and it's not going to be anything. So try and zoom out, try and keep it in perspective and try and have some fucking compassion with yourself. Okay. What I want to talk to you guys about now is I have been hit with so many like recommendations and like things that you should do for your upcoming child and like all these decisions that you have to make when you're in the hospital, when you get home from the hospital, like, what are you going to do about this? How do you feel about this? What's your decision and stance on this? And it's been so fucking overwhelming. And like, I've had to do so much research on so many different things. One of the things that I found doing all this that I now know from talking to some of my other upcoming mom friends isn't like a hugely well-known thing, and I'm not sure why, is something that they call cord banking and blood banking. This, when my OB told me about this, I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. This is genius. And why do more people not know about it? So I wanted to share with you guys, if you're planning on getting pregnant, if you are pregnant and you don't know about this, like I am so thankful that I was told about it with enough time to like get this ready because it's something that Tay and I are 100% going to be doing. So there's a couple different companies that do this. I did a lot of research on all of them. And the one that we are going with is called StemSite. And it's the same company that my OB ended up going with. And basically what they do is when you give birth, once you like clamp and cut the umbilical cord, they take the cord and preserve the tissue and the blood cells in it and store it in like, you know, a scientific safe blood bank so that you can in the future, if needed, use that for the child, for the mother, for the father, for a sibling, anyone that's in the direct family can then use that, those stem cells, those cord tissues to treat different diseases. So they do two things. The cord blood is the leftover blood in the umbilical cord after birth. The cord tissue is the cord itself. They can store both of them and they each have 
different roles in the body and regenerative medicine. So choosing both of them, like the cord blood and the cord tissue, can provide a lot of security for your family's future. They can treat over 80 conditions, like some cancers, sickle cell anemia, other blood disorders. There's ongoing research that stem site is actually doing consistently. They have like the most clinical trials out of any other company that's currently doing this to find more potential uses. And when you look at the list of things that it can be used for, it's kind of like it knocked me on my ass. I was like, wow, this is something that more people should know about and more people should be doing. When I told my mom about it, she was like, holy shit, like, why did they not have this? Well, obviously, we know why they didn't have this when she 40 years ago was giving birth to me. But she's like, I wish they would have had something like this when you were born for us to do. It's really it gives you such peace of mind knowing that God forbid, if something were to happen, like you have that option to go to for your child, for yourself, for a sibling, like it's huge. The cord tissue, if you choose to save that, which Tay and I are doing both, that is under clinical trial to potentially be able to treat a ton of different things over your lifetime that can occur, like brain injuries, cardiovascular disease, autoimmune disease, lupus, like things that people are really dealing with that you can have this almost magical medicine to help potentially treat those things if, God forbid, you or your family have to deal with things like that. And they're constantly doing new clinical trials to attempt to use cord tissue stem cells in treating COVID-19, like long repercussions of COVID-19, heart disease, acute stroke, chronic stroke, diabetes, Alzheimer's, like the list goes on of the, the clinical trials that they're doing to see what we can have in the future with the blood and cord tissue banking. You only have the opportunity to collect the cord blood and the cord tissue when the newborn stem cells just come out, like when the baby is born. And the process is so simple. You literally, I called stem site, got all my information together, filled out the stuff. They send a box. The box then comes with Tay and I to the hospital. We tell our OB like, hey, this is the company we're using. She knows, you know, how to do the collection process. Once that happens, it's like a two-minute collection that the OB does on her own. And then Tay calls the number for stem site. It's a 24-hour line. They come whenever, whatever hospital you're at, pick up the box of things that the OB has put together and take it straight to the lab. That's literally the process. And it was so easy and streamlined once we decided that we wanted to do it. So the stem cells that you collect are genetically unique. The baby that you have is obviously 100% matched to their own stem cells, but biological siblings also have a 75% chance of at least being a partial match. So it gives some safety for any siblings that are in the picture as well. And they get taken to the lab and they get cryogenically frozen. So they're good for decades to come. Like when your kids 
in their fucking 20s or in their 30s. Like this can be a safety net that you and your family have in case something like this were to happen. And I don't want to get too deep and in my feels right now, but I'm thinking about some people in my life that are dealing with these horrible diseases. And I'm like, fuck, if only they would have known about this and done this, I wonder if that would have been able to treat some of the things that they're now dealing with. And it like is kind of heartbreaking to me. So before I start crying, when my OB brought this up to me and I started digging in and doing all the research on it, I was like, Tay, this is something we absolutely fucking have to do. Like it's a no brainer to me. There's a few, you know, well-known companies that do this. But the reason why we went with StemSite is because they not only are the one blood bank that includes free public bank access for the baby and the baby's parents, they provide parents with access to StemSite's public bank inventory to treat any FDA-approved diseases. But I really chose them because they don't focus as much on advertising. They're really into doing clinical trials and research to further what conditions can be treated with this. They're working on strokes and spinal cord injury and autism and cerebral palsy, like the work that they're doing there to figure out how they can further this research is really incredible. Anyways, I felt very compelled to share this information with you guys. If you know of a family that's getting ready to have a baby, if you are getting ready to have a baby, if it's something that you're thinking about in the future, like write this down, put this in your notepads, like know that this is an option. I know that so many moms I've talked to that had their babies in the last, you know, year or two had no idea that this was even a thing. It's definitely something that Tay and I are doing and are excited about having that kind of like peace of mind around. And it's it's something that is affordable. They have payment plans for it. Like it's I just want to offer that to you to know that it's an option to give some security and peace of mind for your family. So if this is something you guys are interested in, I will just give you the website, which is where we went and did the whole process through. It's super easy. You sign up, you can call and ask questions. They sent you the box and then you take the box to the hospital with you. But if you're interested in finding out more about this or just jotting down their website to have it for the future, the company is StemSite, S-T-E-M-C-Y-T-E, and their website is stemsite.com. All right, we are going to take a turn now. I thought I was going to do questions on this episode. I think we're going to save them for next month solo, but I do want to get into one of your FML stories. So let's get into it. Hey, Gabrielle, this, <laughs> this is your number one fangirl, Mackenzie, and here is my FML story. I met my now ex-husband at age 21 and went against everyone telling me he was a loser. <laughs> First red flag should have been when I met his father. My ex had no social manners, so naturally didn't make a formal introduction for me when I first met his father and friends at a bar. The night carried on and his dad finally leaned across the table, stared into my soul as he loudly asked, are you the new girlfriend? Cheerily, I said, yes, I'm Mackenzie. It's nice to meet you. To which he cut me off at, oh my God. 
sorry, guys. Clearly, you know that I don't read these until I pull them up. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. Yes, I'm Mackenzie. It's nice to meet you. To which he cut me off asking, you suck him off enough. As I nervously laughed to avoid an answer, he even more loudly asked, do you? Demanding an answer. Everyone laughed and I scurried off to the restroom to text my friends. What the fuck? What the fuck indeed? Are you kidding? Oh my God, please, if you know this, this human, send me his name. Like, I need to know what this awful man looks like. I've always wanted to be married and to be a wife. It's who I am. His career, more so the money it provided, was his identity. He took a promotion that would move us over a thousand miles away after three years of dating. And I put the pressure on him that I wanted to get married if I was moving across the country with him. He'd forever remind me that I gave him an ultimatum and forced him to get married. We were married after six years of dating and again made an unexpected move to another thousand miles away for his career growth. In my heart, I knew he would have taken these offers had I gone with him or not. As he was thriving and climbing his career ladder, I continued to start over at new jobs with each move. Upon marriage, our life was a true social media highlight reel. (laughs) Aren't they all? We built a home, traveled extensively, and lived lavishly. But on the inside, he was always complaining that he didn't have enough sex and it wasn't wild enough. God, I mean, were you married to my ex-husband or? (laughs) I honestly didn't have a drive for him and thought this was typical for guys to never be satisfied. And I honestly wasn't happy. I frequently lived in fear of his arrogance. What would he say this time? I was always overcompensating for us. Things were getting more strange between us and then throw in a pandemic. We then had to take in his 30-year-old brother who had attempted suicide because their mother wouldn't do it. I earned a rewards trip to Hawaii for us. As we drove to the airport that morning, he told me that he thought he would go visit his dad the weekend we got back. Strange, but I didn't think much of it. Hawaii was tense and he was a loose cannon and I never knew what would come out of his mouth and I was very nervous to be making a good impression among my peers. We fought in Hawaii. I cried in Hawaii. Then we got home and the next morning he packed his bag to fly to see his dad. It was a weird weekend. The flight schedules didn't match up. He wasn't calling me back. My heart knew something was up. He got home late at night and is stone cold. I asked him a million times if he really went to see his dad, and he always said yes. My gut knew otherwise. He packed to leave on a business trip in the morning, and I finally asked him to show me his mobile boarding pass home. He wouldn't, and then shared and then shared he went to New York City. He told me he had met someone, and she was an aspiring actress and rock star. He then went into defense mode and wanted to tell me every single dirty detail about his weekend. Oh, God. And how she fucked him better than I ever did. Quotes. He was never sorry or resentful. In fact, he told me he understood why people had affairs and had to figure out what to do with the house because he was leaving on his work trip in the morning. He had decided he wanted to be with her and our eight year marriage was over. I regretfully tried to save us for a few days. I would hear him talking to her on the phone. He told me she was coming to visit next month. He had no shame. Thanks to the most incredible parents and friends, I was out of the house quick and the divorce process was underway. 
You said it best describing Daniel in the darkest way. He gave me the best gift of my life, a second chance to find someone who truly values me and makes me feel like I am the only woman in the world. It was a tragic ending to an incredible new beginning. That's right. This was my way out. My longing to be a wife and have a successful marriage would have only kept me there longer. Fast forward, I knew I wasn't ready to date, but I also knew I needed to get comfortable being uncomfortable in the dating world as it had now been 14 years since I had dated. I joined an app and had a few dates. I get a match and we quickly realize we have a lot of friends in common. In fact, he works in the same industry as my ex and knows him well, like they attend meetings and social events together. Our relationship escalated fast and furiously. He was so safe and everything just clicked. It was too good to be true. He told me he loved me and we planned to spend New Year's Eve together traveling to his family all within about six weeks of meeting. God, why does this sound so familiar? It felt so crazy, but so safe at the same time. I was away on a trip for about two weeks when out of the blue, he texted me that it was over. He said he knew I would have questions why and he didn't have answers. And that was it. I sent a text back to which he never replied just gone. He was my Javier. He was the one who truly broke my heart. And it's given me a lot of fear about dating. God, I just can't. Like, no wonder people fucking resonate with EPRAFML. Like, have we all been through this? Is this like a, a rite of passage with, with men? I don't know. Now at 37, I'm still growing and figuring out my new life. I keep dating with intention and asking tough questions up front. I've booked a solo trip to Paris for this spring. Yes, I'm still out there trying to find my partner. It doesn't work until it does. I like to say that my ex and I have both reverted back to our roots. I'm in search of an urban cowboy and... <laughs> <laughs> and he's in the ghetto trailer park. <sighs> I call your podcast FML Church. Please keep spreading the good word. Oh my God, Mackenzie, that was fucking brilliant. Let this be a reminder to you to trust your gut, trust your intuition, and keep the perspective and know that when you go through bullshit like this, it is happening for a reason. Find the fucking reason. Find the shit find the pony that's in the shit guys like I, I promise you it's there but you have to be willing to look for it and not flounder in the woe is me victimhood of why did this happen when we attract the assholes into our life be it male female whatever when we attract the people into our life it is to mirror shit to us so that we can wake up and heal and attract some better shit in the future do not allow that to pass you by. Be an investigator, find the reasons, use it as a lesson, and then you will be able to attract some incredible people and things into your life in the future. I promise you on that note, I fucking love you guys. I love these solo episodes. Thank you for being here. I am sending you so much freaking love. Mwah. I will see you all next week. All right, FMLers, if you don't want to miss an episode, make sure to follow on your favorite podcast app. And if you're loving the show, drop us a five-star rating and leave a review. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone or the podcast page at FML Talk Podcast. For all the merch and books signed personally by me, you can shop the FML line on eatpreyfml.com. And as always, have a fucking self-love cocktail on me. Cheers.
Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.